know, what I see this as is that you, know, you have people that have been in a certain state so long that they don't know what, what feeling right is. They don't know what a center actually they don't know is. Know what a center is because yeah. they're they're so far out of it, and it's you know it's been since maybe they were a baby that they, that they actually were centered. That's J.W. Ross, and this is episode four zero one of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. How can we bring awareness and reverence to all the little mundane elements of our life? and begin from that platform of sacred relationship to the self to begin to orient towards others in that same way. If you felt bad with the last millionth of a second, well, let go of the things that were making you feel bad that millionth of a second and be new right this millionth of a second. If you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. Hey, it's Josh from Wellness Force, and our water supply is not the same it used to be. Let's face it, Mother Nature designed our water to have naturally occurring potassium and magnesium and sodium in it, but especially if we live in cities, our water supply is not the same. I know you're not drinking water from the tap anyways, but even if you are drinking high-quality filtered water, you're just not getting the things that your brain and your body needs to thrive. That's where Element comes in. Element is an electrolyte drink mix that has 60 milligrams of magnesium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and also 1,000 milligrams of sodium. This is my all-time favorite citrus. It used to be the watermelon, but they also have the raspberry. They also have the orange. I think they have a couple other flavors too. I love this product. I trust it with myself and my entire family. I think you will be able to feel the benefits and trust it with your family just the same. You can support this brand who we believe in. It's Rob Wolf. He's been on the podcast multiple times. By going to wellnessforce.com forward slash LMNT, you get a free sample pack delivered right to your door. I think you just have to pay like $4.95 shipping or something. So it's a perfect deal. It's free. Ships right to your house wellnessforce.com forward slash LMNT. Support your health, support your electrolyte balance, support the podcast, support everyone by supporting yourself. Wellnessforce.com forward slash LMNT. You'll be so stoked that you did. What's up everybody in podcast world? It's Josh Trent. This is Wellness Force, the place where we are honoring the intelligence in us all, this discovery of physical and emotional intelligence that brought you here. And you're in the perfect place because today is a big question. How do I live my life well? How do I live my life free? How do I find and follow my purpose so I can wake up out of bed every day feeling free? Now, I know that's three questions, but there's one big key question that we all want to know. And that is, how do we have personal freedom? We have a guest on the show today who is an absolute master, both experientially and educationally, when it comes to answering this question and living a life of freedom. So be honest with me and all of us in this moment. There's no judgment. Be honest right now from a place of non-judgment. Are you living your life well? Right now in this moment today, what are some of the things that are blocking you from feeling free in your own life? And essentially, do you have an alchemy of wellness? We're going to go deep on the questions and answers for personal freedom and how to alchemize your own personal wellness with the CEO and founder of a product I found in December that I'm absolutely in love with. Our multiple time guest and my mentor and friend, Paul Check, was on the podcast. He introduced me in his home to this product called Feel Free. It's a plant-based tonic. It absolutely shifted 
the way that I deal with my stress. And it's no surprise that plant medicine was the thing that helped give me a new perspective. And not just any plant medicine, a very special kind of plant medicine that is non-addictive, non-psychoactive. If anything, this special blend of plant medicine opens up my heart, calms down my nervous system, and gives me a calm, focused, euphoric feeling, really, that guides me through my day and helps me navigate the stress and even the anxiety and depression that thoughts might take me down the current loop on. Or maybe you currently might be experiencing too with stress and anxiety and depression rising for so many of us. Now, look, of course, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. And you know why I have to say that, because the ivory towers that potentially listen to this show with their robots. They've been, they're being deconstructed right now. And there's a lot of fear coming from them. Anyone that tries to give health advice, medical advice, <laughs> they're flagged. So let me be clear. This is not medical advice. This is a podcast on how to use plant medicine and the right mindset so you can live your life free. And it's with my friend and the CEO of Botanic Tonics, J.W. Ross. It's also co-hosted with Cal Callahan right here in Austin, Texas. And in this show, we're going to talk about the alchemy of wellness, what that really means, how that applies to you. We'll explore Kratom and Kava, Jerry's first experiences with these plant medicines, the many benefits in the feel free, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you already know, you can go to wellnessforce.com forward slash feel free. Use the code wellness 20 to get 20% off as many bottles or cases as you'd like. I do these bottles like three, four times a week. I drink half the bottle and it's the most beautiful experience you'll have. You got to try it. It's something I can't really explain with words. You have to experience it. It's absolutely incredible. We're going to talk about Jerry's past with addiction and alcohol, why he's now using this plant medicine from Botanic Tonics to really show people how they can be more loving in their nervous systems and their hearts and their etheric field and really present in their bodies. I really appreciate how JW shares on the real. He's very authentic in this episode. He shares how he created Feel Free, his experiences with these plants, and why the world is experiencing a shift in plant medicine, how so many people are suffering and really being divided by what's gone on with the forced lockdowns and the mask wearing, and how this special plant medicine can help bring us back home to our access mundi, to our center. This is the place where when we heal, then the planet heals. And a lot of people get that backwards, right? Like we know if we take care of our own quadrant of wellness, plus the financial, then mother nature can heal if we do it in an integrous way, because mother nature is here to help us. She's here with the trees and the water, giving us everything we need. And all we have to do is tune into her wisdom so that we can come back home to ourselves. We'll talk about the practical and realistic ways we can return back to self, back to the body with the smart plant medicines and the breath work. Go to wellnessforce.com forward slash store. That's where you've been supporting us for so many months now. Wellnessforce.com forward slash store. You can always get a full list of the couple handfuls of products that I personally vet like a savage. I do not do any product endorsement that I haven't done myself, that myself and my family aren't taking every single week. Feel free is one of those wellnessforce.com forward slash feel free. And the code is wellness 20 to get 20% off this plant-based tonic. Now with a deep breath and a deep bow, I bring you the one and only JW Ross. Wow. JW Ross, Kyle Callahan, Josh Trent, Thank you for having us in your home. Again, I feel like I'm having deja vu for this podcast. What an epic night we had last night. I'm looking forward to this conversation. 
Uh, people already know you, and we're on The Great Unlearned, by the way. This is Wellness Force uh, held by The Great Unlearned. So thank you for having me, man. Yeah, this is, a, is an exciting c- collaboration. Now, we, we knew we were both going to podcast with JW months ago, and you had it kind of hinted that maybe we'd do something, and then we, it, it, never, fun. it never went anywhere. And then yesterday, it hit me. It's like, dude, why don't we just do this together? I've never done it before. I've never co-hosted on the great unlearn with another, uh, podcast host. So this yeah. is dope. Well, thank you, man. And, uh, JW, it's been an ultimate joy just to get to know you and your story. Uh, we're drinking this special beverage called feel free. And I'll tell you what, I am definitely feeling free. Uh, I have been drinking it since August, since we got connected through Paul check, who I think has touched our lives in so many different ways. Um, But to kick us off, man, like this, this drink, it's not just a drink. This is a medicine. And there's a unique story that came into the backside of it. Uh, This medicine is something that I'll I'll be honest. Most people don't know about it. Most people don't know that, that Kratom and Kava even exist. Uh, When did that first come on your radar? My first experience was with Kava and um, it was about... 35 years ago, um, a ceremony with uh, village chief and uh, Tana Vanuatu. And um, we basically, there was about, I guess, about 12 of us. Um, I was the only non-native. And uh, we gathered in a uh, mud floor hut and basically sit there all night drinking cup after cup. <laughs> and uh, was, were howling when the sun rose. So it's quite quite an experience. The ultimate ceremony. The ultimate ceremony. When people look at you, do they feel like you're a, a medicine man or or a scientist? <laughs> Definitely has that vibe. He has that vibe when you get to know him. But yeah. but for people that don't know JW, I mean, this is a man with a unique financial background. Like you've been through quite the story. It's been a uh, it's been a long, strange trip to get to this point, <laughs> to, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. My my background started out in uh, the energy business and then went into financial technology and through that started discovering the the plants that we're using today, not only for this product, but for the other products. And um, I have to say, this is, you know, by far the most enjoyable thing that I've done so far. Mm. And I would love just, and you kind of glossed over the energy business, but could and I know the story and I would love for you to share that with, with the listeners here, how you got into that business. Well, I'm originally from Texas. Um, and you know, being in Texas, growing up in Texas, you know, pretty much everybody was either in that business or touched by it some way. My family was not, um, my dad was an entrepreneur, but, uh, in other industries. Um, but I had a lot of friends that their family was in it. And I, um, I liked the way that uh, they lived their life. <laughs> they worked extremely hard, but they also played extremely hard. And they had a lot of the fun toys and all that. And I, you know, I, I liked what the, you know, what that looked like. So um, I skipped college right out of high school. I went into the oil fields, which this was in the uh, early 80s. And um, it... Uh, you know, at that time, uh, for someone without a college education, you could make quite a bit of money if you're willing to put the time in. So um, I was, you know, working as much as they'd allow me to work and 
basically out, you know, working on a rig. How much, give us a, a little, little, uh, altitude on that. How much were you making back then? Was this what? Six, in the, six figures in the, know, in the eighties, yeah, in the eighties for, you know, just a, you know, young kid, <sighs> which is a lot of money. Oh my you know. God. Yeah. I was making six figures and spending six figures. <laughs> <laughs> and what were you spending those six figures on? Um, again, working hard and playing. Yes. Hard. So, um, all of the, you know, the various, uh, substances, alcohol primarily, uh, but also, you know, cocaine and marijuana and pretty much everything else I'd get my hands on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just never, I always felt somewhat socially distanced. I never really felt truly comfortable around, um, people in general. And I needed something to, you know, um, change that feeling to feel comfortable, to be able to open up. I think of my nature somewhat of an introvert. Uh, and, um, I found that, you know, these substances, especially alcohol, uh, would allow me to, you know, feel the way that I wanted to feel. Yeah. It, it, you know, I think we've all had our experiences with it. Probably many of the people listening today. And I, I know that one of the benefits of, of alcohol, it does drop that self-consciousness. And exactly. so it, it can, I mean, it, I think it gets painted in a very negative picture. And unfortunately that's, um, it's true for the most part, but it, it does allow us to kind of step into this other space that, you know, um, be until we've actually done the work to feel comfortable around other people, right. it can be that, that, that kind of lubricant into. Yeah. I know for a lot of people, they talk about their first experience with alcohol, the first sip, whatever, you know, it doesn't taste good. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, love at first sight. <laughs> and then, it, and then it was the, it was of the love story that ended, you know, with the divorce. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think so many people to Cal's point too, it's like, we, we don't have the skills. We don't, I don't, I didn't, when I was growing up and I was a teenager and a young adult, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so anything that would make me feel more free or better in my own skin, comfortable in my own skin, uh, I was attracted to that, but it comes with consequence. Oh, there's no things. doubt about it. And, and, and that was me because my family was extremely distant. Uh, I didn't have a close relationship at all with my family. Um, so I never really developed, especially my dad, I never really developed a lot of those, you know, skills that I know now. And, you know, that deficit, I used these substances to kind of, to, to uh, overcome that or feel, or feel that. I, I would, I would also assert that um, just as you're talking about the distance with, with your father and, and I think in, in a lot of cases, um, those relationships when, when dads aren't showing up to teach their sons. Um, there, there is a downside, but there's also an upside because I mean, I look at you and what you've, you know, the, the little that, you know, we've gotten to spend time together, what I've learned from you, what you had to teach yourself and the resilience. And, um, who knows if you would have been able to create all that you created if you had a different upbringing. And so I think that's, it's, it's really interesting to look at your life in particular, knowing that you didn't have that relationship in, in, in where you are today. It forced me to go out and make a lot of mistakes on my own and, um, lose a lot of things. And, and because of that, I learned a tremendous amount. I mean, 
you know, when you're going through those things, they, they seem like, you know, the end of the world. And, and, um, but looking back as I get older, they were the most valuable things that happened to me much more so than the, the, the major successes. Mm-hmm. And when you say major successes, not just financial, because there's Correct. emotional intelligence wins that you got right. along the way that were right. Can we cuss on the great unlearned? Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause I didn't know, I didn't know if we were censored. Uh, I assume not. So there's so many things that we learn, like I'm 41 and I feel like I'm just really understanding like my love and my respect and really my care for money. And it seemed like money came on line for you right out the gate, like right out of high school. Like you were involved in it. It was, it was a part of your life. You had a relationship with it. Six figures in the eighties. Like I was born in 1980. So that's, I know that was a lot of money back then. Uh, what, what was the win besides the money that you got early in the game? Well, it's just the, you know, the feeling of, uh, the power, um, and the whole entourage of people and, you know, the sense that you're, you know, you're building something. Uh, I've always enjoyed, you know, building things. Uh, when I say building things, I'm talking about teams um, and watching people work together and putting the right people together. I find that uh, very satisfying. So, um, and then the, you know, the money part, which followed with that, I had, I had kind of an idea in my mind of what success was or what for me. It, uh, you know, with time, it became many, many multiples of that. Mm-hmm. And again, trying to fill this hole, I was, you know, buying all these things. And, you know, it took a long time to figure it out, but I finally figured out that those things are actually just chains. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it all, you know, kind of got to the point where, I was, we were having a, a large event at the house and had like a 17,000 square foot house and had three or 400 people over and, and, um, 17,000 square feet. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm sitting in the, in the bedroom by myself and, um, I've, it just dawned on me that I'm, you know, I am totally miserable here. I have, you know, what I thought was success times a hundred and, you know, I'm miserable. You know, part of that was that, you know, um, I had stopped doing um, all the other drugs, uh, but the alcohol was always the, the, the go-to, and it just, you know, continued to get, you know, progressively worse. And, um, you know, it was starting to cause problems in my life. You know, I'd been, I guess, what you call a functioning alcoholic for a long time. But it finally got to the point where it was, um, you know, it's creating issues and there was, there was a crash and that crash actually, you know, wound up being, you know, going to treatment. This is 2008. I believe you said in Georgia, right? Right. right. And for people that don't know what that's like, uh, what is, what does that feel like to go from money, house, really kind of fame. I'm sure in your social group, people are like, wow, JW's got it all together. Exactly. I think that's probably the the hardest part because you're successful in everything else that you're doing. And I kept telling myself that, you know, if I can control and do all this other, I could control this too. So I just kept trying over and over again. You know, the definition of insanity, you keep doing the same thing again, expecting different results. And, and I did it for years and years and years. And, um, 
you know, finally, uh, those that were around me convinced me that, uh, you know, you've got to go do something or you're going to kill yourself and or somebody else, uh, which I had several close calls. And um, so I went to Atlanta for a 90-day inpatient treatment. And it was just a, it was a life-changing experience. I know a lot of people, you know, don't think a lot about uh, treatment or it takes 10 or 15 times. But for me, it was, uh, it was, it was the right facility with the right patients uh, that um, I really, cause it was, it was the, the center actually, it specializes in doctors and commercial airplane pilots. So it was other people that had, you know, had attained success and uh, I was able to relate to them and realize that, you know, we're all have this insanity. It doesn't have any, in, in, you can be, extremely successful and still have this insanity. I was going to say, I wonder if you could share the name of the facility because it seemed to have such a great impact on you. And if there's anyone listening now who, who may be seeking or know someone, I don't know if it's still in existence or not, but it's Talbot was the name of it. Right. And we'll, uh, we'll look that up and see if it is. And if it is, we'll, we'll include it in the show notes. I was riding home last night. We, we had, a meal with Luke. It was amazing at this restaurant here in Austin. And we both were getting to talking like what causes addiction in the first place? Like what, what actually makes people addicted to something? Is it that they get traumatized either capital T lowercase T and then there's a disassociation from self, or is it like a soul contract where they come into the world and they're, you know, kind of, I guess you could say hexed or jinx to be an addict. What's your view on that? Cause a lot of people listening to this are like dealing with some kind of addiction. I mean, to be human, is, is to be addicted to many things at many times. I mean, t- for me, uh, you know, the, the treatment itself, all of the sessions and all of that, that was fine. I think it just set the stage, but it was towards the end of the 90 days. And I was living with uh, three doctors in a, in a condo and close to the facility. And we were watching uh TV one night and a, a movie came on the beautiful mind with Russell Crowe. Oh yeah. And, um, at the end of that, uh, he's walking along with his arch nemesis and he said, you know, you seem to be doing much better. Do you still see them? You know, talking about the psychotic, you know, friends that he has, uh, some imaginary friends. And he looks over and they're walking along beside him and they're kind of, you know, saying, Hey, come over. And, and he, and, and he just kind of ignores him. And he said, he goes, yes, I still see them, but I've learned to not engage with them. And for some reason, it dawned on me that he's no different than I am. He may have a more extreme version of it where he actually sees, but that's no different than me hearing it, or it's in my mind, thinking it and acting on it. And, and what's interesting is, is up until that point in my life, anything that I thought, I believed to be true. <laughs> And what I realized then was that just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. That, in fact, a lot of what you think is not true. It's just, your, it's just noise. It's your brain just exercising or something. And it was just a, it was really a light bulb moment for me because what I had been trying to do before was to control it. I was trying to get it to go away. 
And what I realized at that point was it's never going away. Always going to be there. But it doesn't mean that I have to engage with it. And not just for that, but for many other things in my life, that was a that was an extremely important moment. There's a lot of parallels between your life and his life. There not, are not necessarily alcohol, but no. lots of similarities that I'm just kind of like, whoa, we're we're meant to be here in this moment. Um, what are your thoughts on what he just shared about the thoughts and believing them? I, we got a book right here, The Power of Now, right here on the bookshelf yeah. in your studio. I'm like. It's a surreal moment. Yeah, no, I just feel this is such beautiful medicine because um, for one, when, when my life changed was when I started to question everything and understand that all the beliefs that I held, many of them weren't true. And um, in the beginning of that process, it's pretty challenging because you're holding on pretty tightly to those things. And, and, and if you don't believe those well, your life is kind of architected around that and you're armored up around that. And you have, you've been defending these different things for years. It's like, well, who am I if I'm not these things? But once you sit in it long enough and you have enough support around you and you're reading the right books and you have this understanding like, oh, those are chains. Right. I'm just held down by these things that aren't mine. Someone else gave them to me and I believed it. And so there's this liberation that happens and it's challenging, man, because you're sitting there like, ah, there was something nice about my old life that was very comfortable. But as you work in there, you're like fucking comfort's not the way. And to sit in that and to, to um, be able to hold, you know, kind of hold space for yourself in that experience for me allowed me to, you know, start to look at life through a completely different lens of way more open-minded and to be able to have conversations with people and hear them. And then to get a little bit deeper into, well, why is it that they feel this way? And are these, are they at a place where, where I have been, or I still go sometimes where I'm holding on to these things and I'm afraid to let go of them. And so, you know, what you're talking about, and that, that resonates deeply, you know, and I, I, I do want to point out, um, I'm curious what, what a conversation with you would have been like 15 years ago, right before this, because the way you carry yourself right now, you're so soft-spoken. You you're have like just a gentle this, giant. You have this kind of just beautiful energy, yeah. this very elder kind of energy about you. And I'm, I'm curious if this is something that you've really stepped into through all the work you've done. Um, most, like, what would your friends, definitely. what would your friends say? My wife would, would, uh, would say that I wasn't a very nice person. Mm -hmm. I was, um, because of this, what I called success at that time, I was extremely controlling. And um, what you just talked about listening to people, I didn't listen to people except for what I wanted to listen to. And it was more about using people to get to the goals that I wanted to, you know, get to. And, and I, you know, I truly looked at people as, as you know, resources or assets to accomplish the goals that I was trying to accomplish and not really, you know, caring about them as people themselves, which is a, 
you know, horrible place to be, but that's, that's what I had evolved into. But being in that place in, in coming through that, now you really understand, like you have that experience. It's like on a shitty, you don't feel good about it, but that's part of your learning, which is beautiful. It's not just that, but it's also being able to understand when I see people that are there to understand, you know, it's not that they're bad people. It's just that they don't know. Uh, we had this di- conversation at dinner last night. It, it's a concept that I've come to call cardboard angels. You know, the, when you look at the front, they look great. But when you step around the side, there's no depth there. And, and where you really will figure out who are cardboard angels is when shit hits the fan. Because those people will scatter. And it's, it's not, again, because they're bad people. It's just that they can't relate to it. They'll automatically think, well, that person's bad or, you know, they're, you know, they're you know, wicked or, or whatever. This is and, like the cancel culture we're seeing yeah, right now. Exactly. You offend me, I'm going to delete you from my life. It's like, that's not how life works. Whereas, you know, the other people that do have the le- deeper level of compassion. So I started trying to figure out, you know, what's the common denominator between the cardboard angels and, and, you know, and, and this other group, what, what's their common denominator. And what I figured out was after talking to them, cause I, then I, I'd got to the point where I really started caring about people and who they are and what they're going through. And, uh, what I found was that every one of those people that were in this, uh, what I call not the cardboard angels, were people that had had something extremely traumatic happen in their life. They had lost a child. They had had a disease, um, you know, something, you know, they'd had, you know, uh, financial ruin and some of them multiple things. Um, those people were the people that when you, you didn't expect them to step up when they stepped up, they would actually come out and, and seek you uh, because they had this, deeper level of compassion. I would also probably add to that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but those people, arguably the whole group, both groups may have had those experiences, but that group that really stepped up had actually done the work to start to process and so that they could show up in a way because they, they didn't, uh, you know, I think we all have things in our life that we could point to where, you know, shit was kind of fucked up. Josh Josh brought a good point up last night is you can either go that direction or you can become the victim. That's right. And it's easy and cushy to be a victim. It's much easier to fall back into the victim role Mm -hmm. and, you know, and sit there and, you know, and keep spiraling around than it is to then do the work and figure out how to, to move beyond that. And I was doing, you know, as part of this process, I took a, about a year, year and a half sabbatical um, to really try to figure out, you know, what it is I was going to do with the rest of my life, at least the next chapter of my life. And, you know, reading books like uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hess and, and, you know, learning that it's not bad to go through these things. In fact, it's, it's really probably what life should be and that, you know, each one of these chapters is teaches you something for the next chapter on your road to enlightenment, whatever you know that ultimately is. And you know that um, it's also 
you you need to move between chapters when it's time to move and not to hang on to the previous chapter. That creates a tremendous amount of suffering. And I, I see that, you know, a lot. And then that's kind of what I was stuck in was that it, you know, that lifestyle had become my identity and you know, who I was and, and uh, my security. And I didn't want to give that up. Yeah, there's comfort there. I mean, we were talking about this last night too, mm-hmm. the uh, chapter 12 in uh, Way You're the Superior Man. Data talks about that, David Data. And it's like when you're coming to the end of that chapter, for him, it's like kind of this inner circle as you're getting closer and closer to your true purpose. You need to let go of that. Otherwise, you are just going to create suffering. Well, you can't continue to grow if you're holding on to it. Yeah. And it's not, the you know... Towards the end, Siddhartha, you know, he's, he's sitting on the bank of the river, you know, listening to the water flow. And, but he's, he's thinking back about these you know, different periods in his life, the, you know, the wild period and all that. And, and it's not that you can't enjoy those memories, um, you know, and, and it's not that you should feel guilty about that. It's because all of that was part of the process that got you to the side of the creek being perfectly happy listening to the water. How do you, this is something that I was feeling probably for the whole time during COVID, just a lot of reflection time, a lot of alone time, a lot of deep meditation, just really learning the art of forgiveness for myself, for all the women that I had disrespected, for the people I had treated wrong, for the people that I had used. How did you make amends to that? And I don't mean specifically 12 step make amends. I mean, how did you energetically, etherically make amends to all the stuff that really didn't serve you, but yet still got you to the top of a mountain? You know, um, because the program that I was in was classically, it was 12 step based. I, I, I did that for the first phase. Um, but then it became beyond that. It, it's, it was all part of this sabbatical of, you know, okay, I know how to make money. I know that that's not the only thing because I wasn't happy with just that. So what is it I'm really trying to, or what am I meant to do? And um, it be, I, I realized in that period that it wasn't just about me. It was about doing something that actually was of value to society. It's, not, it's about building value, but not just value for me. And, um, and that's really what propelled me to move into the next chapter, which was the financial technology. Uh, And that was around, um, I'd been exposed to uh, migrant labor in in the Middle East on an energy project we did there and been exposed to migrant labor here in the U.S. And just in talking to these people and the, the issues they have and just sending money home, most of them send money home, you know, small increments every two weeks. Um, on average, they, they, they pay around eight to 10% to send that money home. Uh, it's a half a trillion dollars a year that gets sent and it's growing by, you know, eight or 9% per year. So it's a tremendous amount of people sending very small increments of money. And these, you know, companies, Western union being the granddaddy of all that, you know, basically these are people that need the money the most and they're getting charged the most, you know, we don't really, I mean, we get basically free banking. Mm-hmm. These are the people that, you know, don't have much money. They're paying out the ass for banking. 
And then all the issues with, you know, going to pick up the cash and robberies and, you know, just, it just went on and on. So I was trying to, I decided to try to figure out a way to, um, first, you know, being the entrepreneur, I was like, there's, that's a big pie. <laughs> and if I can shave a couple points off of that, you know, it's a huge business. And second being, you know, it's actually something that's going to do good for a lot of people if I can actually pull this off. So I, I uh, started a, a fintech company, financial technology, and, and the basis of it was, um, was an app that was connected to the banks with the ability to people to send money in real time across border and do it uh, for a fraction of the cost. But it also had other banking services in it, so it had savings and, and all of that. And it was really, it was gamified to where people um, were incentivized to to save money. And it was also, um, it was on a global scale and, and it was designed to where using the purchasing power parity money that uh, it would preferentially flow money between developed and developing countries. Uh, it was, it was, uh, I mean, the, the basis idea of it was, uh, was incredible. And, and we actually built it and launched it uh, in Southeast Asia. And that's how I got in Southeast Asia and run across some of the other plants that we're using. And um, it um, took off and um, we had a couple big partners in the deal and they wound up buying, buying it out. Is this about the same time that to circle back to the question that the forgiveness part of you came on? It seems like ever since you had really your spiritual awakening in Georgia, uh, you really had to go deep and be like, well, why am I here? What am I doing? Who am I serving? How am I going to give back? Because I know that the way that I was up until that 2008 wasn't necessarily the most loving. So there must have been a deep introspection point where you were like, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things that actually serve people now. It, it was a gradual process. Uh, like I said, I took about a year, year and a half. Yeah. It was, it took me a while to really, you know, make that change because it was, that's a massive change. <laughs> Deeply ingrained. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, everyone that I had had in my um, community. Opera, we, we got Petunia outside, my, okay. my pig. So that's <laughs> it's the mask. It's the podcast mascot. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. Bring her in. Uh -huh. <laughs> And so everybody that I was around uh, had that same mindset. So it was, it was not only, uh, you know, re repairing or, or changing myself, but it was also, you know, removing myself from a lot of people that, um, you know, I thought were near and dear. Mm -hmm. And again, it was back to this. And I think, you know, back to Siddhartha reading things like that and realizing that, you know, it's not the end of the world to make a, a, you know, a wholesale change like that. In fact, it can be quite exciting. Uh, it's scary at the same time, but it can be, and for me anyway, it was unbelievably rewarding. Who was the biggest reward? Being here. Uh-huh. Being yeah. here and having the story. Yeah, and doing this. And, and, yeah. And I can say that, um, you know, what we're doing now with, with the plant medicines is, you know, I'm having the time of my life. I looked at JW at dinner last night and I was like, I feel like this botanic tonics and feel free is like your uh, forgiveness process and really your value, like kind of like making things right again in the world or what you've been through and the way you used to be and 
it feels like that's what this is. It's a gift to the world so you can help make things right. It is, but there's still that piece of me, you know, that, that I don't think will ever go away. My, my real motive was, you know, because now alcohol was out of my life. I had a much better life, but I still didn't feel, you know, exactly comfortable in my skin. And I was looking for something that would make me feel comfortable in my skin, but not have the negative effects that, you know, alcohol started having as I consumed more and more of it. Uh, I was wanting something that wasn't inebriating or limiting. I was wanting something that was not only made me feel comfortable socially, but also was enhancing as far as a focusing ability. Um, and, you know, I, when I was in Southeast Asia, I lived there for a period of time. I was introduced to, to Kratom and, um, you know, had a interesting experience with that. Um, what do you mean by interesting? Just trying the different types of Kratom. Um, you know, I would spend a lot of time traveling out in the rural areas like in Vietnam and stuff, places that, you know, most people would never go. And uh, just talking to people and, and um, um, getting a better, you know, uh, understanding of their lives and, and um, trying these different plants. And, and uh, it just, you know, a wonderful time. But it, it made me um, go back and remember the experience that I had in Vanuatu many, many years prior. And then I got the idea of taking the two plants and mixing them together, uh, which, you know, to date, no one else has done, not, not at least commercially. Um, and that whole process, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge researcher. So when I get into something, I really like trying to find out all I can about it. Um, I started studying, you know, the history of these types of plants or substances, you know, uh, back thousands of years. And, and I discovered something that's to me is, is very interesting in that, that you have, you have Kana in, in Africa, you have coca in Central and South America, you have uh, kava in the Pacific islands, you have kratom in Southeast Asia. And then you have alcohol in the Middle East, Europe, and China. All of these things, you know, developed, you know, independently. Um, it's one thing that's fascinating to me. They're all K and starting, and, you know, and they, they weren't cross-pollinated, different plants. Um, the other interesting thing is, is that alcohol is the only one of them in the way it's natively used that's highly processed. And what I started realizing was that um, don't mess with Mother Nature. <laughs> and alcohol, alcohol is, a, is, is a wonderful substance for a lot of people, but it's also extremely physically hard on your body. Uh, and the reason for that is, is because it is highly processed. And, it, and, you know, and it's, from a society standpoint, it's, it's created you know, a lot of problems. Um, all of these other plants used in their native form, and that's how they use them. You know, people in their 80s still consuming them, you know, on a regular basis with no, no issues at all. And you were talking about that uh, last night, just the difference between the coca plant and cocaine, that processing that, that changes everything. Yeah, I mean, people, you hear cocaine, they're like, ooh, bad, you know, which I would agree with that. <laughs> but you take the coca leaves 
and you've got, you know, people that are in their middle, late eighties and central South America have been consuming their entire life. No problems at all. Mm. But you, you strip out the other alkaloids, the fiber, all the other things that are in that leave to extract, you know, an alkaloid or two that is cocaine and you use solvents basically to do it. gasoline, what they use. And that's a whole nother story. The plant medicine world that I know you have operated in for quite some time and you have experiential learning. So do I. You shared with us one of your journeys when you were 18. I don't know if you want to talk about that or not, but I think we've all had experience in the plant world. And, and right now people are, in my opinion, my vantage point from the messages that I get in the wellness force community suffering more now than I've ever seen because of COVID and the lockdowns and all these things. Have you seen that as well? I mean, you put your phone number on the bottle. People are yeah. calling you, <laughs> letting you know stories about how this is impacting their lives. So two questions. Number one, how do you see this changing the plant medicine world? Because let's be real, plant medicine ain't for everyone. Right. Right. But well, I would say that, that not all plant medicine, not all plant medicine. And then the second thing is, what do you, what do you see this turning into? Do you, how do you see this changing, uh, stress and, and so, so to your point, uh, yes, there's a tremendous amount of suffering going on. Um, you know, part of that suffering is, is because of, uh, the medicines that we're actually using as a Western society, the doctors are classically trained to push the, the synthetic drugs and that's backed by big pharma. Um, there's a reason for that because you can't patent plants. Uh, you can't make the kind of money you could make off of, of uh, you know, patented drugs. You can build a moat around that. So uh, it's, it's all financially based. But again, you're, you're messing with Mother Nature. <laughs> you know, these, the, the Eastern, and I spent a lot of time studying Eastern medicine when I was in, in Southeast Asia, you know, they will default to plants first and then go to uh, synthetics if needed. Here, we automatically go to synthetics because of the system. And, um, you know, we may dabble a little bit in the plants. That seems to be changing. There seems to be an education process going on. Um, it, but there's, there's plants for a lot of different things. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that plants can cure anything. Um, but when you take plants and then when you take interesting combinations of those plants, they can do some pretty amazing things. And, it, and it's really, I find great happiness and joy in the fact that it seems to be, there's an awakening to that. I mean, all the, 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 money now and research is being put in in the institutions about you know the the mushrooms and the you know is for treating you know depression and other things and what they're finding is is that oh you know these things are can do all these wonderful things well we've known that for <laughs> thousands of years yeah. it's just that we got off the path uh because of the synthetics and now we're finally getting back to realizing that um you know mother nature provided these uh these solutions and we just we just forgot about them at least we forgot about them in, in western society do you feel like this will be something that changes the psychedelic space because i personally have had uh a journey or two that took me years to recover from 
And it's no knock on me as a person. It's just sometimes we all experience an ass kicking that maybe the universe wanted us to receive. <laughs> um, so, but for the, for the average public, um, people that have disorders, I know that, that Kava and Kratom have incredibly um, dopaminergic and, and serotonin release properties. I mean, there's so many good things that can come from these plants, but yet they don't take people, they don't blast people off into fucking 5D. Like it's a safer form right, of medicine. Right. And I can only imagine what would happen if it was paired with breath work. So what, what, what do you see that doing to the whole space of plant medicine? Well, that's what I'm excited to see because you have now people that are getting into it and, and setting up the infrastructure around it to, to do it in a, a safer manner. So it's not you slipping off, you know, somewhere, you know, in the gray area to do it or doing it on your own. It's actually doing it, uh, you know, in a supervised environment and doing it, you know, laddering up to find out, you know, what it is you need as opposed to just, you know, my first experience and just blasting off. Unfortunately, that's like, I feel like that's most people's experience. They just, that's kind of the, it's the like program. do as much as you can. It's like, that's, that's no place for the ego in this world where you're self dosing like that. Agreed. hundred percent. Self dosing like that to for anything is probably <laughs> not, not a good not, idea. Not a good idea. I'm excited about it because so you put your phone number on the bottle, put my phone number on the bottle, which everyone told me that was a crazy thing to do, but Did you uh, get a bunch of calls. I get on average at least two calls a day. Yeah. Um, and, but it has been the most rewarding part of the whole uh, adventure so far. Uh, I get um, calls from 65 year old grandmothers with collapsed ankles that were, you know, eating pain pills like candy that now are totally off of them to someone that has, you know, depression uh, to a Fortune 500 CEO that said, you know, he was, you know, had this weight on his chest that, you know, was, was, you know, driving him crazy basically. And it, and it's gone, uh, to a professional golfer that said he's playing the best golf he's played in years to other types of athletes that are doing in training or doing, you know, Olympic athletes, um, people that have, you know, really massive anxiety that it's, you know, and, and we talked about this last night. I, I really, I hate using this word because it's it's so abused, adaptogen. But um, this particular uh, tonic truly is an adaptogen. And I, I know that because people are taking the time to call me unsolicited and tell me that it's changed their life. And people wouldn't do that unless they, and, and not wanting anything, they just, wanting to tell me that, you know, what it's done for them. People wouldn't take the time to do that unless it actually had rocked their world. Um, and to me, that's, you know, uh, that really wasn't what I thought it was when I, when I did it, uh, which doing it was a, quite a process. That was yeah. It was two years in the making of the freaking mad scientist in your basement. And made my wife extremely nervous, especially early on because, uh, the issues I'd had in the past. And so basically I, when I decided to put these two plants together, um, there wasn't a manual because nobody's done it before. And they're very similar to cannabis and that there's, you know, hundreds of different strains of each one of them. And so I started, you know, pairing them together and, um, I was doing this all myself and I was working, you know, basically working on myself. 
and um, it uh, it didn't work that well to begin with. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I I had this vision that you know there was a right combination, a right percentage, and and so basically for a two year period, I set up a lab in my house, and I experimented on myself. You know, every week. Did you ever have a honey? I shrunk the kids moment. You know, where people got small. Or, yeah. Well, no, I didn't have that. But what I did have was that you know, in some of these combinations, it'll basically knock you out. Okay. And some of them, it'll take you, it'll zing you up to where you're you know, extremely jittery. And you talked about that that idea. You said you had the vision with like your eyes. Cl- where did the vision come from? That you knew at some point this was going to work out. Was it inspired by the trips to Thailand and Asia, or was it like a deep inner knowing that you're like, I, I just know this is going to work? It, it's, I think it's the, the stubbornness in me, you know, of you know, I'm going to make this work uh, because it took a, you know, it was a long time and a lot of different combinations to finally find. And what I can tell you is that. 99.9% of the rest of them combined don't do what this does combined. Um, and either one of the, the, either one of them by themselves don't give you what it does when put together. They're both um, uh, attacking the same receptors in the brain, but they're doing it with different chemicals. Um, Kava uses octones, and uh, uh, Kratom uses alkaloids. Uh, one of them and there's kava that's uplifting. There's kava that's downlifting. The same thing with kratom. There's kratom that's energizing. There's kratom that's euphoric. And there's kratom that's sleepy time. Um, these two are, you know, you have one that's energizing and one that's that's trying to take you down. But so you're getting this kind of wavy feeling. Um, and we're using, again, we're using not um, extracts or synthetics, which were the only one on the market that's not uh, an extract or synthetic. And that's a very challenging thing to, to figure out how to do and, and keep it, uh, get enough of it in there, keep it in a shot and keep it liquefied um, and not use anything, you know, emulsifiers or anything. Yeah. And can you share with people why that's important? Just if they can't intuitively kind of understand that. So again, I go back to the coca leaves and cocaine. Um, you can you can very easily take kratom and go through the same process you go through with um, with um, coca leaves to cocaine, and you can make a shot that you know you take it and whoa you know it's it hits you and but what happens is within an hour hour and a half you crash off of it and then you want another one and another one and another one. Uh, this you take it fifteen twenty minutes. You like you feel different, but then it lasts for three, four hours, and you glide off of it, and you don't even realize you're coming off of it. And at night, you go to sleep. You have wonderful sleep. You have we had a lot of people report about the vivid dreams that they're having that they haven't you know remembered or had before. And you wake up the next day and. You no hangover, any of that, and, and away you go. And that's what that is, is um, it's the full spectrum of the, each one of the plants, the root and the leaf, and all these other little things that are in there that we don't know anything about. <laughs> all these other alkaloids, all these other, 
fiber and everything else. And it's the balance that mother nature's created of all that through thousands and thousands of years in combination with us evolving that the body can use to properly get you the result that you want to, to heal you basically. Um, and you can't do that with the synthetic. Yeah. Got it. That makes perfect sense. The first time I ever heard of, um, Kratom and that is how we pronounce it, right? Kratom, Kratom. or Kratom. Like Kratom. I think some people, people call it Kratom. I think yeah. Kratom pronounces it Kratom. I heard about it from, uh, Mark Bell's brother. And he, yeah, he I did company mind bullet. Well, I heard about, he was on Kyle's podcast and yeah. I listened to that and I was like, okay, I'll try. And it just rocked my, I took one little tiny tablet and I felt like I was just crap. Like I was on some kind of drug, like a narcotic. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's not for me. <laughs> and no, and no offense to, to the bell brothers. I mean, I'm sure that works for some people, but with this, like the first time I took this, it was August in Cardiff, beautiful time of year to be in Cardiff, North County, San Diego, for people that don't know. And I drank like half the bottle and I went on a hike and, and I'll be honest, my, my lady and I had, had gotten in a fight. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to drink this. I'm going to go like meditate. And let me ask questions about how I could have shown up differently. And I went for this walk and all of a sudden I got like this, it brought me back to when I was in high school and the first time I had done like a MDMA, but it wasn't, it wasn't a dirty feeling like MDMA. It was more like a, whoa, this is something natural that's making me have like a focused euphoria in nature. And I got to tell you, it just cracked me wide open. I went back home. We had a beautiful nonviolent communication and this is what I think the power of this medicine really is. Interesting you bring that up because, again, back to my phone number and <laughs> the, the people calling in, I actually had a call from a lady here in Austin. And uh, she had actually bought it for herself for you know, looking for something for energy. And, and she you know, reported that you know, it did what she wanted. She liked it. But she said, I gave some of it to my husband. I, she goes, I didn't tell him what it was. And uh, she said that, that evening, um, her girls came in and said, what's, you know, what's up with dad? You know, he's, he's, he's playing with us. He's giggling, you know, he's, he's not working, uh, like, you know, you know, not, not ignoring us. And, uh, she said that, you know, she had, you know, noticed the same thing. She said, he's just like a different person. And again, for someone that, you know, to take the time, she wasn't wanting anything. <laughs> she was just wanting to tell me that, you know, it had done this for, her and, you know, say, thank you. He said, he's a nicer person. And, you know, that to me is, that's, that's the reward is to know that, you know, you've changed, you know, you've changed someone's life that way and done it in a way that you feel comfortable that it, it's something that's not going to create other issues in their life. Um, you know, one of the things I was very mindful of since somebody hasn't combined these before was that, um, you know, that it's not causing, you know, health issues or other issues. So I actually, again, experimenting on myself, uh, didn't want to put this on to somebody else. I, I abused it for a period of time and, um, I get extensive blood work done every year. So I had a, and I keep track of that, you know, the, all the different stats and I did blood work after, you know, doing this period of what I call, you know, high consumption abuse daily. What is high consumption of? I was doing four a day. So four of these? Yeah. Every single day? day. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, the blood chemistry didn't change hardly at all. Uh, there was only this, there was a slightly elevated um, uh, blood sugar content, not anything 
that was, you know, a problem. But the liver enzymes and all that, everything else was fine, which uh, I was, you know, very glad to see because it's, you know, it was something by it, by then that I, you know, I really enjoy and, and it's a it's a great thing for me in, in my life. But, I, you know, I, I didn't want to put something out there that uh, would cause other problems. Yeah, and I'll just speak up. Um, I found out about this from Josh in December. We, we had a holiday party. Josh was kind enough to bring over a case and handed it all out. Unfortunately, he handed it all out. So when I went the next day, <laughs> there was none left. You like, texted me. You're like, can I have another one of those? Where do I yeah. get those? Yeah. But I, uh, so I've been using it a couple times a week since December. And one of the things I noticed right off the bat is it's, it's like you talked about, it's a heart opener for me. So I feel um, very present with whomever it is. If it's on a podcast, if it's my wife, my kids, my friends, I'm just there in a way that sometimes I'm not. Um, I also um, will do it if I have some work that I want to get done and I go like two to three hours where I, I've got to get this stuff done or maybe I've got to be super creative it just locks me in and I'm just good. And I can also juggle a bunch of different things at the same time because I'm just in such a state of flow. And so after using it, you know, not just the first time, but after I'd used it for maybe, I don't know if it was a month, I reached out to Josh, said, Josh, do you know, uh, I know, you know, the founder, is he looking for investment? Because I only, you know, today I only invest in things that, that I love. I invest in things that I will evangelize whether I have money in the company or not. It's just one of those things, just like Josh with this, he's like, I love this stuff and I'm sharing it. That's, that's how I am too. And so he connected us and we've, you know, I'm officially, so full disclosure, I am an investor and I'm really excited to be a part of this. I've, I've, you know, shared it with a lot of my friends I'm excited to share it more with the, the, the great unlearning community because I think it's doing so much good, what you've created and how you've created it, the work you did to put it, you know, to get it to the place where it is today, but your energy behind it, the why behind it. Um, I just love that. And you can feel it, you know, knowing that you can feel it within the experience. There's, it's just, it's very gentle but there is that euphoria. And as you said, the come, you, there's no come down. You just, right. you just, all of a sudden you're just in life and you're not craving another one. It's the focusing part of it is something that's interesting too. One of the girls in the office was the first one to report this. She's really, you know, bad about uh, attention deficit, uh, looking at her phone, you know, every two seconds and, and she's, you know, creative. And the first time I gave it to her, she did half a shot. And um, she said, you know, I, I realized it had been 30 minutes. She said I was writing, you know, really enjoying what I was doing. And I hadn't picked my phone up. Oh, it's the cure for cell phone-itis. And, that is and exciting. I, and I was like, that's exactly, you know. Yeah. That's, and, and that's, again, not something that I had, um, you know, had thought that it would, would do. Um, but, again, I think it's. What it's doing is because you got people that are depressed that are taking it that are coming up. You got people with anxiety that are coming down. People you know, with, with attention deficit that are taking it to focus. 
again, it, it is an adaptogen. So it, it's trying to pull you back into balance using these different plants um, like Mother Nature intended them to do. But the fascinating part to me is that we took these plants from different you know, societies in completely different places in the world and put them together to create this, you know, what uh, Paul had, he goes, it's like a dance. They're, they're dancing together. And, and he goes, that's, mm. that's the, you know, what's, you know, creating this, you know, this feeling of, of uh, being comfortable and being right, you know, in, in your body and in your presence. It doesn't surprise me. Beautiful thing. It doesn't surprise me that much because if you look at ayahuasca, you have the chacruna, which is like thousands of miles away. And then you have the ayahuasca vine and they put those together, which unlocks the inhibitors in our GI. And so we can actually feel the medicine. It doesn't really shock me that you found the leaf and the root because really in a way, this is a medicine that's more applicable to all people rather than people that have like mental disorders and uh, you know, my, my mom, she's actually visiting here in Austin right now. She uh, has struggled for 25, 30 years with uh, bipolar. And so ayahuasca is off the table for her. Right. right. And most plant medicines for people that have severe mental issues, um, they're just off the table. But I'm curious with this, does this apply to, obviously we're not here to give medical advice, right? Right. The FDA is not in our pocket, <laughs> but, but in your research, either anecdotally or, or clinically, like, have you seen this be something that really moves the needle for more self-love, more self-awareness for people that have chronic mental disorders? Ayurvedic medicine, as well as all the ancient and contemporary masters in health and wellness have taught us for centuries about the powerful benefits of apple cider vinegar. But what do we do when we want to take the ACV, but we don't want to expose our teeth to acids? Most people don't know this, but apple cider vinegar is an acid and prolonged exposure to acids can damage your teeth. So how do we get in the brain boosting, blood sugar stabilization, stamina, focused energy and healing powers of this ACV without ruining the enamel on our teeth? This is where it gets easy with our partner, Paleo Valley, Creators of the apple cider vinegar complex taken easily in tablet form without busting your tooth enamel. Paleo Valley created the ACV complex to meet getting organic apple cider vinegar into your body easy, fast, and without having to tolerate the taste. You know, that kind of like, ugh. <laughs> have you ever done a shot of apple cider vinegar? I know a lot of people that literally just can't handle the taste. So this is all your organic turmeric ginger, Ceylon cinnamon, and lemon on top of the organic apple cider vinegar combined with these superfoods. It's nature's way of saying you're welcome. ACV can stabilize blood sugar, promote weight loss, and improve protein absorption and digestion, as well as the big one, stopping heartburn symptoms. Heartburn symptoms are typically caused by too little stomach acid, not really too much. This apple cider vinegar complex makes getting this organic ACV into your body fast and easy and without having to choke on the taste of normal ACV. You can do this. Head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash paleo valley. Use the code Josh and get 15% off your apple cider vinegar complex. That's wellnessforce.com forward slash paleo valley. Use the code Josh to get 15% off your ACV complex. In your research, either anecdotally or, or clinically, like have you seen this be something that really moves the needle for more self-love, more self-awareness for people that have chronic mental disorders? 
I've had some very interesting conversations with people that, you know, it just, you know, to the point of saying, I had a lady in, in um, New Hampshire. She said, I had the best day of my life yesterday. She said, I've always had these issues. I won't go into what all it is. But she, had, she said, I had the best day of my life. She said, I just wanted you to know that. I think she got your number on the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. texted you. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's just, I mean, that's just, you know, you, you can't, um, I mean, that's way beyond the money to know that you're doing, you know, doing that for someone that you've created something that's doing that for someone. When I share with you that, you know, a really close friend of mine here in Austin for years has had insomnia, has not been able to sleep more than three or four hours. And even that sleep is just not good sleep. I brought some of this over to his house. He just did it because he was, we were just hanging. He woke up the next day, goes, what was that stuff you gave me? He goes, I, I slept eight hours. Oh my God. Like, can I get more? Like, yes, I have more and I'll get you more. And it's changed his life. And he's a high functioning, creative. But as you were saying earlier, like that, that lack of sleep, you know, we were talking about before we got on the podcast, lack of sleep will kill you eventually. It will shorten your life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that. Could you share a little bit about um, what that did for you? Yeah. I had always, uh, I've always um, got up very early in the morning. Um, I wake up usually between four and four thirty, um, and uh, for the, for most of my life, I you know didn't go to sleep until later. So I was getting, you know, I probably averaged maybe six hours of sleep a night, or what I thought was six hours. Uh, but as I got older, I started to get to the point where about two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I couldn't stay awake, and mentally I was you know fatiguing. So, uh, at one of my annual physicals, I asked my doctor, I said, you know, you know, what's going on? And he said, well, I don't see anything chemistry wise. It's a problem. He said, let's run a, a sleep study and see exactly how much you are sleeping. See what the problem is. This is for people that don't know polysomnography, right? That's the scientific, you can Google that. Look so, at you with your yeah. 10 cent word. <laughs> okay. So I put the device on and went to sleep for, I think it lasted like three, <laughs> three, three nights. And, um, I took the thing back to them and he called me like within a day and said, you need to come see me. And I, I you know, when doctor does that immediately, you know, something's not right. He said, you're, you're truly getting only two and a half, three hours sleep a night. He said, um, my wife had always complained that I snore. But I didn't, you know, think much about it. But he said, what's happening is, he said, you have the point of apnea. And he said, you're waking up hundreds of times a night. That you're only, you're getting to sleep and you're getting up. You're getting to sleep and you're getting up. You're getting, but what he discovered was that it was only happening when I was on my back, back. It wasn't when I was on my sides, but that I didn't sleep on my sides very much because it hurt my shoulders. And he said, we can either do two things. We can get to the machine that you can sleep with, which said, didn't want to do that. Or he said, I can teach you how to sleep on your side, you know, using props and all that. And, um, I did that and it was like a totally changed. Um, so then I was getting a full six hour sleep, but what I've noticed since I've started, you know, doing the feel free is I actually sleep eight hours now easily. Have you ever quantified it like with a bed or with an aura ring or you ever done any tech to actually track the quantification of it? No, I haven't. Like your cycles, that'd be fascinating no, I to see. But what I what I also know is I don't really ever remember. Um, 
and I know you have dreams every night, you just don't remember them. I have incredibly vivid dreams that I've never really, you know, I, I remember them, uh, which to me is a, is a wonderful bonus uh, because dreams are so fascinating and you know, so creative. And we've had a lot of other people reporting the same thing. So it, it's, you're gliding off of that after three or four hours, but it's not going away. It's staying in your system and it's doing you know, other things. Um, it's allowing you to sleep sounder and it's also doing something that allows you to remember your dreams, which is to me is fascinating. A big piece of what I was feeling when you were talking was what this is doing, even the word adaptogen that you kind of hate. And I understand that, but adaptogens has been abused. There is so many, there are so many people that just need to come back home to center in some way. And really what we're all looking for is we want to have alchemy in ourselves so we can live life free. I mean, it's so, it's so cool that you're, the product name is feel free. Everyone wants freedom mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Do you have a recipe for that? This is why I love learning on podcasts. This is why I love podcasting because so much value from somebody who's been through uh, unique thresholds in their life. But is there a recipe on, on how you've lived your life free, created feel free? Like, is that even something that exists or is that always unique to the person? Well, I think it, for me, and I think, you know, I've talked to other people that it, it's about doing something like this, doing something that, you know, is contributing to society, not just to yourself. And that can be in, in many different forms that that's where true happiness lies that's you know and, and you feel like that you're fulfilled uh, fulfilled to the point that you're you're being utilized max to the maximum amount that you know um you're using all your potential uh that uh is what i figured out is where you know my happiness comes from and and not only utilize, but utilize towards something that actually is, you know, doing good in the world. And Alchek uh, had an interesting, one of the first experiences that he had with it. He, he said, you know, what I see this as, and he uses it as practice uh, with people, is that you, know, you have people that have been in a certain state so long that they don't know what, what feeling right is. They don't know what a center actually they don't know is. know what a center is because yeah. they're, they're so far out of it. And it's, you know, it's been since maybe they were a baby that, that they actually were centered. And he said, I give this to them to quickly help them understand this is what you can feel like all the time. And it's not just this, but now that you understand what the goal is and you, and you got a taste of it, now let's go put the work in to get that 24 seven or to get it as much as as you can. And he said, um, that's a very powerful tool because he said, until someone can experience it, it's hard to get them to put the work into, to get, plus they don't know what they're, they don't even know what they're going after. Yeah. They don't have that North star. (laughs) Yeah. And he said, you know, it's, they're just kind of floundering around and, they immediately go back to what they were doing before once they, they you know, leave treatment. This is why people go to Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins, this workshop, that workshop, and then they get home. They don't integrate it. 
And then there's no embodiment. There's right. no true center because they're not committed to the work. So what he, what he was saying is it's not just about a plant medicine like this. Yeah. It's about also then doing, you know, it's then it's a journey to, to continue moving towards, you know, what Siddhartha was doing, you know, in, in uh, his life, that enlightenment, ultimately, whatever that is for each person. Um, but, you know, what a wonderful journey, though, the process of, get, of getting there. And this is just, it's one of the tools to help you, especially for someone like that, that doesn't even know what that feels like or can be. Yeah. And for those who, who aren't familiar with Paul check, I know a lot of both of our audiences are, but those who aren't like, that's a huge endorsement. I mean, Paul has done so much work. He's experienced so many different things. And for him to try, feel free, have the great experience himself, and then, you know, recommend it to these people that he's working with who need to find that center, that sense of peace. I mean, that's about as good an endorsement as you could get. Yeah. He's the godfather of wellness, man. Fitness had Jack LaLanne. I mean, Paul's the godfather of wellness. So you're getting a stamp from the godfather of wellness. Somebody that was talking about Swiss balls and holistic lifestyles 40 years ago. Right. So, I mean, there's for people that are analytical or spiritual, this is for both. This is for like the CEO that calls you and says, Hey, I actually can focus more or, or even for the meditation teacher. Most people can't meditate. Let's be real. Most people don't know how to meditate because when they go to meditate, they're not in a physical state to be able to hold it. I'm sure this brings people to that kind of a state. Even if you were to micro dose this, like I was even telling you at dinner, like mm-hmm. what if this was something people could put in a tincture and well, we have, do it throughout the day. We have several of the girls in the office that just kind of sip it, um, you know, through, through the day. Yeah. And that's, they get a, you know, there's, there's different ways to consume it. Um, you know, for most people, the first time that I, I recommend first time you try it, that you do no more than a half a shot. Um, some people are more sensitive to the alkaloids and cobaloctones than others. Uh, for most people, Ultimately, the shot winds up being about the right amount. Uh, but I definitely would say first time to, to do a half a shot only. I mean, it's, it's strong. <laughs> That's, that was part of the other process is, you know, in my quest for finding something for myself, I went out and started doing, you know, all these other euphorics and things that are on the market. And, um, you know, CBDs and everything I get my hands on. And, and I would take them and I would like, is, you know, I know it's good for me. <laughs> is something really going on? You know, and maybe I feel something, maybe I don't. Well, one thing I could say about this is that I've not had anybody that, that took it that didn't say, wow, you know, I definitely feel different. Yeah. Within 15, 20 minutes, I've, I've, something's going on. I mean, even when you first sip it, you get that because of the- uh, The mouth goes kind of numb. Because of the, the Novocaine effect out of the kava. Uh, it immediately, you know, it's, it's numbing your mouth out. Um, and I think that's helping set the stage. So it, it's, it's, a t- you know, it, it's doing these things to, to wake your brain up and to say that, you know, this is coming. Um, so it's not something that, you know, you're going to say, you know, is it a placebo effect or is it, it, it's, you know, it's definitely doing something. It is. And I love, again, I love the gentle takeoff too. There's no kind of weird come up where, you know, I've microdosed with 
you know, LSD and, and mushrooms. And every now and then you get a little bit north of that micro and it feels a little jittery and you got to kind of chill out for 30 minutes. But this is just like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, it's on baby, but it's just very grounded. It feels very good. Yeah. Can you share uh, any of the, the things that you're working on right now, like the next kind of uh, iterations? I actually got uh, a couple of the formulations that I'm working on. Um, one that's, that's more energizing than this and one that's more of a um, sleepy time. Um, uh, again, because of the sleep uh, issues that I've had in the past and uh, because so many people have reported to me about the sleep problems that they have. It's a huge problem in society for various reasons. Um, I was looking for something that um, is an all-natural sleep aid that um, doesn't give you a hangover the next day, and something you know that you could take, you know, every night. And um, I found a couple different strains along with some other plants uh, and put them together in a formula, and it's it's incredible. It's a take it. Eight hours sleep, wake up, feel, you know, energized, away you go, and you can, you know. But uh, we'll be releasing that um, within probably, probably between now and year end. Um, at least one, maybe maybe both those other formulations. I've had too much melatonin. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, where you take some, like, Jaro melatonin or something. You have, like, a hangover the next day if you take too much melatonin. Yeah. So it's nothing like that, right? I'm, I'm sure that is melatonin in the product that you're developing or it's not? It's in not, no. So this is completely plant derived. It is. No pharmaceuticals whatsoever. Exactly. Um, something that hit my heart really strong, not just last night in dinner, but in all conversations with most of my friends. And that is putting a dent in the coffers of the pharmaceutical industry. And I'm not here to like have a podcast about how bad pharmaceuticals are. Like y'all can make your own decisions. I mean, the writing's on the wall as far as I'm concerned, but but um, how, how do you see this growing in not just the United States, but I, I know you're in different countries in Brazil and like this really has the the capability to, to make a nice dent in really the ivory towers that have been suppressing the true plant medicines of the world. Well, you know, what I want to is, is for people to have a choice. I want them to be educated and I want them to have a choice. Um, you know, ultimately, they're going to do what, you know, what they decide is best for them, but what I don't like right now is that uh, for most people in, in the Western society is you're not given a choice or you're not exposed to a choice. So you go to the doctor. Again, the doctor's been classically trained to prescribe synthetic drugs. And, um, you know, you trust the doctor because you've been taught to trust the doctor. Um, and I'm not saying they're evil people or anything. It's just the way the system is. Sure. and for most of a lot of these things is they're not a one-time thing. They're drugs that are designed for you to take for the rest of your life. And, you know, usually 10 or 15 years later, we find out, Oh, well that does this or that does that, you know, other unintended consequences. Plus they just, um, they're hard on your system. They create other physical, you know, issues. Um, they're hard sometimes mentally, they change your your you know your chemistry, uh, which creates and depression and other things. And then okay, okay, I've got a solution for that. <laughs> you know, next thing you know, you've got these boxes of pills that are arranged. You know, you got to take three of these and two of those, and you know, 
And now you're mixing all those things together and no one's tested that, what those combinations are really doing. Um, so not only do you have synthetics, you've got synthetics that were created by different people for different things that you're mixing together that, you know, there's no telling what all, you know, it's in it. And, it, and it's, again, it's not a one-time thing. They're getting you hooked on them for the rest of your life. And that's, that's to me, you know, it's, it's, it's just not right. Everything in life to some degree has some addictive properties, uh, exercise, or even like, I like to, I think I'm addicted to talking. <laughs> I feel like that's why we podcast, you know? Yeah, but no, you do so, a good job with it. When we're in social, yeah, I don't think you hog the conversation. Right. But, but there is a joy that it brings me yeah. you know, to really oh, I see to what connect. You're yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I feed off of the, like, I like to learn about people. I really do. I enjoy Like when we podcast or, or just this conversation, like people listening to this, they want to learn stories too. We've lost the art of storytelling. We've lost the art of listening, you know, and, and, so many people are just clouded by anger and I feel it too. I'm angry at the pharmaceutical industry. I'm angry at the mask wearing. I have a lot of anger and I bet a lot of people watching and listening feel that too. And so since we're like, you know, cohabitating here with wellness force and and unlearn, what is one of the things from this product, from your journey that, that you've let go of that you've in Cal's words, um, unlearned. I think I let go of a big part of myself. I think, you know, there was a lot of who I was, um, you know, 15 years you know, ago or so that's, it's no longer, you know, it's no longer there. Um, you know, my thought process about a lot of things has totally evolved. I used to pride myself on making quick decisions and on, on anything, you know, and I thought, you know, that's, a, that's efficiency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, again, in my sabbatical, I I forget the, I think it's called the hour between dog and wolf, a little book. And I forget who wrote it, but it talks about the, the new brain and the old brain, the reptilian brain and, you know, and how all that evolved and how, you know, those decisions that are made quickly, fight or flight are made by the reptilian brain. And there's no real uh, process. I mean, your brain is incredible because the, the new brain can store a tremendous amount of data, but it's extremely, it's actually an extremely slow processor because it's running on low power. Um, so when you make a quick decision like that, you're not really using all the knowledge that you have. You're using the flight or flight. You use, it's a more chemical. Um, and a lot of times it's wrong. And I think that was a lot of my decision-making, you know, on decisions that are important decisions that I should have taken my time. And I mean, a a pure example of that, and in this book, it said, you know, when someone sends you something like an email that makes you mad, respond to it immediately, but then take that and set it aside, come back the next day and and read your response. Mm. Mm, I like that. That's a good one. And I guarantee you, you'll look at that and go, what in the hell was I thinking? Because your immediate response is, is to either run or to attack. And mine was attack. You know, I would just immediately escalate it. And I'd read it again. I'd read what they wrote. And it's like, they weren't even attacking me. <laughs> I thought they were, but they really weren't. And, it, you know, it's, it's hard in, in written form sometimes to know the pure intent of someone. 
but I would totally go back and scrap that and rewrite it and and have a pleasant experience on something that if I guarantee if I would have if I would have sent that, it would have escalated into something that was ugly. You would have brought another situation in that made you react even stronger. <laughs> well, I would argue that you could just skip the whole thing and have a feel free. And the first time that comes through, you'll receive it how it yeah. needs to be received. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, I would also, I, there's a nuance to what you're talking about with this quick decision making. And I, and I'm just picturing like the decision being made up in the head, the rational mind is like judging where, when we feel into our intuition or instinct, that can be a really quick decision, but that's like an inner knowing versus something that's trying to make all these calculations and what are all the iterations. And so I think when we're living up in the head, we do need to take our time, take a step back, you know, zoom out. Whereas there are so many decisions to be made with just how does that make me feel? Is that a yes or a no? Well, and, and gut instinct. Yes. You know, what this book talked about was, you know, the, the vagus nerve and how it connects into your, your stomach. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, it sends signals back up to your brain. And, and that is all coming from the bacteria that's living in your stomach. Yes. This is why at dinner I asked you about the enteric nervous system. So, so if, if your body chemistry is off, if your body bacteria is off, and back to those synthetic drugs, they kill a lot of that bacteria. And in some cases, that never grows back unless reintroduced. And some of you can't even reintroduce um, that it's off now and that's creating these, it's thinking and in a, you know, in a universe of its own and it's sending signals up to your brain and those decisions that you're making quickly are only influenced by that. Dude, what's the name of this book again? The Hour Between Dog and Wolf. This it's sounds actually, really you, you, good. You would, like a very good book. Uh, you would enjoy it because it's, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but it was, he was a trader. Oh. And it, the book is written for traders. And it, it goes into a lot about the difference between female and male traders and, and makes a strong argument that females can be, in a lot of cases, better traders than males can be. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, but um it's a it's a short book. Of it's it's got some real gems. <laughs> Even better short yeah. book. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's incredible. You're speaking to Kyle's heart, man. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Traders oh short book. <laughs> <laughs> Women being well, better traders than men. Like yeah. I'm open to all of it. Yeah. So I'm like biologically driven because, you know, on Wellness Force, we talk about the physical and the emotional. And I'm thinking about the enteric nervous system. And in my research for the Breathe Breath and Wellness program that that our community does the deepest work in that's where we really meet each other where we are uh, there is this enteric nervous system and there is more um, uh, axon terminals and dendrites in the in, in the enteric nervous system than anywhere else on the whole body like there is more stars there's stars in the sky there's stars inside of our enteric nervous system it is the biggest and i don't think it was actually i think axons and dendrites are in the brain i was talking about efferent afferent nerves that's that's what's in the enteric nervous system i i would love for you to just 101 that for my listeners <laughs> Okay. I'm not familiar with the, yeah, with so, the interior. So I learned this from Dr. Michael Ruscio, who's, who's a great podcaster and he'd be amazing for you to meet as well. So shout out to Michael Ruscio. And, and he wrote a book called um, a healthy gut, healthy you. And he talked about the, the dovetailing of the enteric nervous system with our central nervous system. And as you know, the fight or flight is, is connected to the sympathetic. And then the parasympathetic is where we digest and rest and where we love and where we're open. So what he explored was there is literally more 
uh, messages coming to and from your enteric nervous system than any, it's the second brain, than any other space on our body. So with the second brain connected to the primary brain, whatever is going on in the space between our stomach, our heart, and our head, that literally dictates the quality of our life, how we show up, how we engage with people. So my curiosity with you was, um, and I've also explored this with Nuvana with their device, the, the Zen, where they use uh, micro pulses of electricity down through the vagus nerve. How cool would it be? And I'm just planting the seed in your garden here. How cool would it be to do a long-term study on vagus nerve activation, enteric nerve system activation, how it dovetails into the vagus nerve with breath work and with this product? I mean, oh, that, that would be yeah. phenomenal. The kind of lives that could be changed by I mean, that's, synergizing those that's two things. That's kind of the next phase of what I really want to do uh, because... I, I know, you know, especially as this continues to take off, um, it's going to be attacked. Uh, when you get to a certain point and you start cutting into market share uh, of the synthetics that are out there. You're going to be called a quack. You're going to be called a quack, but you're <laughs> yeah. also going to, they're going to say it's bad for you're you. You're killing people. And it's doing all this stuff. You have to be proactive and be ready for that. And the only way that you can do that is, is do the clinicals. Yeah. Uh, it's costly and it's, you know, it takes a lot of time and all that. But, um, I feel deeply about what the results of that will be. Um, and it needs to be done because, uh, what I would hate to see happen is, is that, you know, um, it gets cut off before it really reaches the potential that I think that it really has. And, and that will happen if you're not prepared before it happened. So you've been thinking about this for I a have, year yeah. or so already. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I've got a general idea of, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that it was something that, you know, looks like it's going to have, you know, uh, real value because again, it's a, it's a expensive and long process to set these clinicals up and to do all that. But I, I'm just now to the point where I realized that, you know, it is something that, you know, is, is of, of real value. And because of that, um, you know, I've, I've started mapping out what I think the clinicals need to be and what they need to be about. And, and now the next phase is, is figuring out the right uh, uh, institution, the right people to do that. Um, so that, you know, again, it's you know, recognized by anyone. It's not, because you know, that's the first thing. The next thing they do is, well, you didn't use the right people. Or you right. didn't use the right process. You, you paid them off, paid which, them which off. happens. Yeah, happens. You paid them off or whatever. And, yeah. and um, so I want to make sure that when we do this, we do it right. Um, and um, I'm really excited about seeing the results of it because I think what you're talking about is exactly what's going on. The synergy that happens even with cannabis. Some people microdose cannabis or like, you know, like you had said, you've microdosed um, psilocybin. Uh, there's radical benefits that not just Johns Hopkins are talking about, but you know, you have um, a lot of medical facilities there, Dr. David Rabin's work and what he's doing with psychotherapy and, and just so many, very, uh, the smartest people in the world are talking about how do we use plants synergize with breathing, synergize with sound therapy, with vibration therapy, acoustic therapy, anything you could imagine that would blend us to be able to be again, more back in our center so we can uh, just be more connected. It's, you know, it's that, and you know, it, the thing to, that, that to me is differentiating about this is 
like cannabis and, and I, you know, I like cannabis, but when I consume it, it, it makes me feel, you know, more comfortable, but it also feels limiting. Um, I'm not then wanting to go out and write a book or, you know, I'm not, you know, wanting to go really exercise, you know, harder than I would have before. Um, much like alcohol was, you know, you, you, you feel like, well, now should I be driving or should I do this or, you know, more, more, you know, you get kind of off track. Um, this does exactly the opposite. It, it enhances. So if I want to you know, do it before I go work out or if I want to do it, like you talked about doing a special project or whatever, I feel like, I'm, you know, um, more than what I was before. But at the same time, now I've, I have that social feeling and all that. And to me, that's the best of all worlds. You know, I've got something that's, you know, that's enhancing my life. It's not just making me feel good. Uh, because normally with feeling good, there's a, there's a negative side. It's a double-edged sword. This is making me feel good and enhancing me at the same time. Yeah, it checks a lot of boxes. I mean, it's, that's, it's, that's it's fascinating. Cool. It really is. I mean, I was blown away when, when I started to really, you know, use it. Wow. And I, and I shared it with a lot of my friends, friends who have been microdosing with mushrooms and LSD. I'm like, look, I'm still a fan of that stuff. And I think it's, it's really beneficial, but this stuff's legal and you're not going to believe how good you feel. It has replaced microdosing for me. And so um, I'll just speak anecdotally on that. It's been, I'm a huge fan. Um, which is why obviously I reached out to you. It's like, I want to be a part of this if I can be, because I think it is going to, it's going to change. It's already has been changing people's lives, but I think there's a huge opportunity to, as this awakening is happening, people are starting to be open to these, you know, the plant medicines for sure, but they're hard to come by. They're illegal in many areas. Right. Um, and this doesn't have any of that, that kind of uh, tension around it. I find it so fucking fascinating that we need, hey, we don't swear on my podcast, <laughs> that we need so much scientific validation for how you feel. Like we know when we're not at peace, we know when we're not feeling good, but yet so many people, they, they've lost that intuitive nature. And you talked about this earlier, like intuition's more like a deep knowing primal brain, ancient brain might be like a quick reaction. Um, most people are truly so disconnected from that, that they just fucking rely on these studies as if science is a new God. Science is actually God. God doesn't exist. Science is our God. I mean, what do you feel about that? Well, again, I think it's, you know, it's a system that starts from when you're a baby forward and it, it's ingrained now in society and everyone is, is trained to perpetuate this system. And, you know, you don't know any better. So I, I, don't, I don't blame people for feeling that way um, because that is their reality. But that doesn't mean there's not another reality. <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or several. several. Or, yes! Or, or like fractal reality. Yes! Come on, let's go! <laughs> so, and, and I think, again, that was, that was a big part of, of my process was realizing that, you know, there's not just one path. And just because everybody's marching down this path doesn't mean it's the right one. 
Yeah. But it also doesn't mean it may be the right one for, for some of them. But it doesn't mean it's automatically my right path. Yeah. And I think what you're speaking to, too, is people are waking up to that. Like, oh, there is a different way. Oh, this actually makes me feel better. Oh, maybe that whole system, there is, you know, kind of major faults with it. And let's start to investigate that versus just taking it as gospel that we're supposed to do all these things. And there's just so much money involved in this whole sick care system. It's astronomical. And, you know, and the government, you know, is regulating it and heavily involved in it and taxing it and everything else. And getting a shit ton of money from yeah. those at the top. And yeah. it's it's just this nasty cycle that people, again, I think people are starting to become aware of it. But it's, there's such an entanglement there, which is why there's so much censorship with the people that we're really close with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, because they're sharing the truth of their experience and those around them with these, whatever it is, right? We don't need to get into, I think people know the different, the different reasons people are being censored, but it's, it's largely driven by the advertisers on these platforms. They're like, I'm not gonna, you know, advertise my pharmaceutical ad. If you've got some guy talking about whatever. It's it's back to what I said in the beginning and it, it took me a while to figure this out. It, it all has to do with the ability to patent and to create a moat. You can't patent plants. So, you know, you can't create something that you, then you can charge astronomical prices for because nobody else can get it for a period of time or no S, no S can produce it. Um, and that's why they're going to default to those synthetics is that it's not because they're better. It's because... They can make more money off of them. And, and that, that is the basis of the whole thing. That's what the whole thing was built off of. And I don't, I'm not saying that it was, you know, this sinister um, you know, design, but it, that's what's happened. Yeah. I think most things start out pure. I really do believe that most human beings are loving I, and good. I think that, you know, scientists and, you know, researchers and stuff went in, you know, with a problem and tried to figure out ways to solve it. I don't think that they were thinking about, we're going to create this huge thing that's been created. Um, I just think they were trying to solve a problem, much like what I was trying to solve a problem, but using, you know, natural plants to do it. Um, but, you know, look what, look what we've involved, evolved into. Yeah, well, you're a moral man. Are you, would you consider yourself to be a spiritual man or a religious man? Because you have a moral edge to you. Um, I have a... a I don't remember who the quote's from now, but it's, um, you know, religion is for those trying to stay out of hell. Spirituality is for those who've already been to hell. <laughs> Amen to that. What? Yes. That is awesome. So that's, that, that should answer your question. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, it's, it's a huge conversation that probably deserves, honestly, its own podcast series of its own. And that is big farmers grip on what's really happening. And, and gosh, JW, like what? What an honor to be able to just be a part of the sail attached to the ship yeah. because man, we need this right now more than ever. Holy shit. Like well, I just, it's just heartbreaking what I see in the world. And like, we have got to have more ownership of our shadow. I just, I have real gratitude for, for both of you and for others like you that are taking the time and effort and resources to create these platforms, to be able to, to let, 
people to educate people, or at least give them, you know, <clears throat> an understanding that they do have choices. And then, you know, people can do what they need to do. You know, it, it's in combination, they need to get healthy. It goes back to what we we're talking about before to have the right chemistry, to have the right, you know, um, uh, blood chemistry and all that to be able to make the decisions that, you know, they should make. They need to know. I mean, I think along the process, it's been, you know, it's like, why didn't somebody tell me this stuff? <laughs> why didn't somebody, you know, when I was young, why didn't I have this in school? Why didn't I, you know, why didn't somebody teach me this? Why did I have to go find it myself? Because these are fundamental things. I mean, like the old brain, new brain. Why wouldn't somebody, why wouldn't they teach that? And, you know, and earlier in school, that's a, that's a fundamental thing to understand because a big part of the suffering in life is people running around making quick decisions Yeah, and they're going, well, why do I keep making bad decisions? Well, you're making bad decisions because you're not using your brain the way that the power that it has to be used. And because your, your body chemistry is off, you know, you're, you, you can't make good decisions that way. No, and not to make this a rant about the school system, but rant, dude. This, this, this is what you're talking about. Like, why aren't we reading this book, mm -hmm. right? When we're in school, like we are indoctrinated into this system that keeps us dumb, and it's important to learn history. But I mean, you fucking so much about history. So and kids are spending all this time on math and whatever it is where they're not learning any damn life skills, nothing. Exactly. And, and I'm not saying there's, there's not a reason to learn all the other two, but why not incorporate some of this yes. into it and have a, a well-rounded education versus, you know, and, and I, in a lot of cases, again, I don't think this is a sinister thing. The people that are teaching don't know. That's, no, that's so it, right. So it just perpetuates itself. No, for sure. That's what they, they were taught. They don't know themselves. That's what we were taught. I'm going to say it again. I've said it 15,000 times. It's Alan Watts talking about parents that teach their children to have the same lifestyle disconnection to teach their children. It's all wretch and no vomit. No one ever throws up uh, the, the sinister ways of being that were passed down to them. You know, generational trauma, generational stupidity is the gift that keeps on giving. Like, I've never heard this no, generational I mean, stupidity. Feel into that though. Like, like we it's continue so... to learn um, things that aren't of service, that are disconnected from the truth of the world and ourselves. And, and we fucking pass them on to our children. Right. Well, you have that, you know, ignorance is bliss, but I would argue with that. I mean, it's creating a lot of suffering and a lot of issues uh, because people don't know. Right. And they don't know. They don't, I mean, it's like, and they don't the, know. That, that, they don't even the know they don't know. So that, and that's not bliss. So if for them, it's bliss. If you're suffering, that's not bliss. Right. So uh, I would argue with that statement in, in some cases. Do you, do you get um, triggered or what do you feel about the phrase wake up when you, when you say we're waking up or people need to wake up? Some people get triggered by that, that phrase. I mean, what does that even mean to you? Uh, no, it just depends. Up. It depends on the energy behind it. It's like, if it's like, Hey man, like we're, we're all in this process of waking up. We're all in a different stage of it with, you know, and it's not linear. It, it's, it's very dynamic. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get triggered by it. I think if someone was cool. being an asshole about it, I'd right. probably get triggered by it. I but. think that's why, cause, cause like, you know, how JW doesn't like the, the phrase adaptogen cause it got abused. 
I think the phrase waking up or you need to wake up is somehow um, been bastardized as well. Oh, sure. I could you know, see like that. People that overuse well, a, it in the spiritual very world. Very easy way to attack it, though, is to put it all in one category and say, oh, those are a bunch of kooks. Right. Or that's even, and I love JP, but he's like the woke speak and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that he brings a beautiful energy to uh, personal development. I think he brings some lightness, you know, but at the same time, um, a lot of the things that are platitudes that, that we see like love is all there is um, they're true, but they're out in plain sight for all of us to see. I think we all know that we're waking up and that we need to wake up more, but even the, the general phrases that we use that are grounded in truth are somehow used against us by mainstream narrative, uh, with their special interests and their special intentions. So we're in an interesting time, man. And my only hope is from this conversation that everyone watching and listening, uh, has been moved in some way and has felt like, okay, I'm going to go look at some of the resources JW talked about, and I'm going to listen to these podcasts and actually embody some of the wisdom that was shared because you could step away from the show and do nothing. Or you could step away from the show and do something incredibly life-changing. I mean, the choice is up to all of us. Oh, you're here to that. That's the beauty of it. We do have a choice. That's the choice. That's the path yeah. of victimhood or, or right. victor. So right. we covered a lot of ground, man. Yeah, is did. there anything that you think we missed when we look at um, freedom? That's really what I was feeling from this conversation is like this recipe to live life free, to, to feel free as we live. That was, that's another interesting thing is the, the name. Um, I came up with the name and everyone, the marketers, all that, they said, you can't do that. You, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. You know, it, it's, you know, it's, you know, you just can't do that. And I'm like, to me, that's what it made me feel. And, um, you know, feel free can mean a lot of different things. Feel free from pain, feel free from stress, feel free from, you know, this or that or whatever. And, to me, that was all encompassing. And then you have this whole thing with the FDA of, you know, you can't make claims without the clinicals behind it. So, but it was, it was a way for me to say it, you know, it can do all these things for you and not, you know, and not be pigeonholed into something. So I thought it was a very appropriate name. And you nailed it. You really did. And, and, and to, you know, my, 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 uh, my guru in that area, Kevin, who you met out in, in LA was like, dude, his packaging is awesome. It's this, there's an elegance to it. There's something uh, very kind of nature based, but it's very classy. And I love the color of the blue bottle. I know you get new bottles coming out pretty soon. So I'm excited for those crack a few of those yeah. puppies. <laughs> But yeah, thank you for being here, you man. Bet. And thanks for sharing, not just, you know, the, the feel free story, but your story. This is, there's, there's so much medicine in there for everybody listening, whether it was your battle with alcohol, your feelings that the, the, the trappings of success were exactly that. And that, um, you know, just because you have a bunch of money doesn't mean that your life exactly. is fulfilling. And um, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try for that. I'm not saying that. But just understand that it's not going to be it. So exactly. And Josh, would you would you mind sharing with the the fine folks mm -hmm. how they can get their hands on some feel free? Yeah, man. I'm just really. I know this word gets said a lot, but like the true essence of gratitude is really what I feel for what you're doing. It's been a long time since I've been like excited about a product. 
you know, I get products thrown at me every week (laughs) and, and they don't really do too much. And so, you know, thank you for honoring the earth and with what you're doing and, and giving people a starting place, because I just want to share with everyone, like if you're drinking a lot, if you're smoking cigarettes, if you're buying shit, you don't need just know that that's your body trying to heal itself. That's your mind trying to heal itself and do something that'll still give you that same essence, that same feeling, but do it in a healthy way. And so you can do it with this and you just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash feel free. And JW gave you 20% off, which is pretty amazing. So what a blessing to be able to meet with you and to be able to have this connection. And please, you guys share this podcast with everyone, you know, anybody that's suffering with something where they're pulled away from themselves, where they're not in their center. This is a starting point. So thank you, JW. Thank you, Cal, for hosting Thanks, again guys. and for co-hosting the podcast. Dude, this was dope. This was super Thanks fun. for so, doing this. Um, until all of us see you again on either the Great Unlearn or on Wellness Force, uh, we're wishing you so much love and wellness. We'll talk to you soon. What goes through your mind when you hear the word CBD? Is it confusion? Is it clarity? Well, our partner Cured Nutrition has full clarity on 100% organically farmed cannabidiol. Say that like five times fast, cannabidiol, cannabidiol. (laughs) It's way more than just CBD. It can be quite confusing out there in the world with cannabidiol and CBD. I simplified it. I did the research for the past two years. I found Cured Nutrition. I interviewed Joe on the podcast. It's episode 300. This is all the parts of the plant. They use the entire plant. You get the rich terpenes, the healing compounds that allow you to sleep well and move well. And multiple scientific research studies are showing promise around cannabidiol for pain management better digestion, and essentially amazing sleep by turning off your mind so you can rest. This full spectrum, 100% organically farmed hemp is grown in the sunshine rays of Colorado. I don't know if you've been to Colorado, but it's the perfect place to harvest powerful nutrients and plant medicine. That's really what this is. Medicine for your body and soul. I like to take the full dropper of the extra strength from Cured and put it under my tongue. I hold it for about a minute and I feel me personally, this gives my digestion and my stomach this warm, calming, almost buzzing feeling. Give Cured a test drive. They support the show. They also support you with 15% off. Just use the code wellnessforce at wellnessforce.com forward slash cured and you get 15% off your organically farmed full spectrum hemp. The best on the market. I've tried almost all of them. This is the top of the food chain. Go to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured and use your code wellnessforce to get 15% off so you can sleep well, love yourself and love your purchase. This podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Organifi, the creators of the Organifi Gold, my number one turmeric lemon balm and superfood adaptogen bombshell that, trust me, will make you sleep like a baby. I know this because I use it on the regular. Not only is this one of my top sleep supplements I use personally, but also it helps my nervous system and my stomach calm down at the end of the day in the evenings, especially if I've had a stressful day. I know you have those too because you're human. (laughs) And because we're human, the best thing to do is take loving care of the human body, starting with quality sleep, not just quantity. This is gonna allow you to have the highest quality of life possible. So if you've been struggling with sleep, give this superfood adaptogen powder, the Organifi Gold, a test drive for a special deal over at wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. 
O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. Pick up a 30-day supply, give it a test drive. If you don't like it, you can send it back, but no one's ever done that. (laughs) As far as I've heard, 20% off is the biggest discount you'll find over the entire internet. We're grandfathered in. These savings are for you. Head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi and use the code wellnessforce. Share this with your friends, your family, and anyone who wants to drink the gold and sleep well. Thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.